Hey Gems, welcome back to the show. Let's not waste any time and jump straight into the topic. Welcome to the show. Go ahead and let us know who you are and a little bit about what you do. Absolutely. So my name is Natalie Williams. I am a proud Southside Chicagoan, which means I'm from the South Side of Chicago. Um, and currently right now I serve as a college instructor. I am also a third year PhD student and I actually became a PhD candidate today. I successfully passed and defended my comprehensive exam. And then I'm also a public speaker. So I have the privilege and the honor of traveling the country and providing keynotes and workshops at different colleges and universities and even high school on the premise of student leadership, collegiate success. Um, And I, I, I truly love doing that. And I get to meet so many amazing people across the country. And then last but not least, I'm also an author. So I recently wrote my first book. So it's called Interview. So I-N-N-E-R, Interview Lessons in Leadership. And it provides uh, a a blueprint or a a map for people to find their place of impact. So to to find and to elevate in their place of impact. And so um, in the book, I provide them some of the biggest lessons that I've learned in life and leadership. And I not only provide them the lessons, I also give them the stories as to how I learned those lessons. And then there are interview questions. So I-N-N-E-R, questions for the reader to have their own interview, which is also self-reflection time. And there are uh, prompts as well as writing space for them to have their own interview. Wow. You are a woman on a mission. I was trying to keep up with you do this, you do that, you do this. I love everything that you're doing. And I knew that having you on the podcast would be helpful. You know, when I first saw you, I think live on Instagram, and then we chatted briefly, just outlining what we would talk about on today's episode. And I was like, whoa, you know, like this is going to be really good. So congratulations on PhD candidacy. Congratulations on, you know, the book being done. You know, you're doing great things and I'm so glad to support it and be here to, to share your message. So can you kind of share a little bit more about, what led to coming up with the inner view, I-N-N-E-R view? Absolutely. So there's a difference between the inner view, so the I-N-N-E-R, and the interview, the I-N-T-E-R. And so in the interview, that is, because my brain thinks in analogies, that's like when you go into a job interview and say, for instance, it's your dream job, They're willing to um, double the salary that you want to make. They're willing to bring in food to your uh, from your favorite catered restaurant. They're willing to, you know, have a gym X Y Z. Everything you want, they're willing to give it to you. And you're in that interview. And the very last question, after you've rocked out everything else, the very last question is, do you know how to use all the functionalities in Microsoft Excel? The average person, because they want to get what it is that they want, which is the job and all the benefits, they'll probably say yes. They'll probably say yes. So, which means they're stretching the truth hmm. to get what they want. And the inner view, the I N N E R, is where we are purely honest with ourselves and we can self assess and say to ourselves, you know what? I don't know how to use Microsoft Excel, but I'm more than willing to learn. And so, the inner view for me is a, a moment of self reflection. It is the time where you ask yourself, where am I going? What am I doing? Where am I right now? Where do I want to be? And what do I need? 
who do I need to have in my life, to have in my circle in order to get to where it is that I want to go? Um, Because my brain thinks in analogies again, which is a perk of being a speaker, because it makes my explanations so much easier. And being a college instructor, analogies are perfect. Um, That's like when you're dating someone and you realize that, okay, where where are we going? (laughs) Where are we going with this? What are we doing? Um, Having that type of conversation allows you to know how to handle what it is that you're building with this person, with this probably relationship. And so using that example for an interview, that's the exact same question we should ask ourselves is, where am I going? What am I doing? And so when you look at your leadership skills, those leadership skills should attach to what are you doing and where are you going? That's amazing. And it's right in line with some of the things that I have been talking about recently based on being honest, not just honest as far as not blatantly lying, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. but practicing self-deception and practicing these little these ways of cutting corners in our lives. Because regardless of um, practicing deception to someone else, if you act or deceive someone else, you buy definition are automatically deceiving yourself. And so what I think is that people get so good at practicing deception that then they become deceptive in realizing that they practice self-deception, right? So there's this these layers that get built in that almost make it challenging for people to face or reflect, like you said, take some time to pause and look at things to be able to get honest with ourselves, which isn't necessarily always the funnest thing, but it's necessary because it's going to come back around regardless. Like if you, you can take the time now mm-hmm. <laughs> to reflect, or you could take the time later when you're forced to reflect because of a situation or circumstance. And so what I love that you're mentioning and what it sounds like the book does is really helps people to be proactive in that process because being reactive is a much harder comeback to create than to think and see ahead and plan accordingly. So I absolutely love that. Thank you so much. You're so spot on with that. I think self-reflection is important. Not where we overthink things, where we pretty much begin to add fuel to the fire of anxiety. That's not what I'm recommending, but I am recommending that we take an honest look and an honest assessment of who we are, what we're doing, um, how far we've come. So take a look back at how far we've come, look at where we are, and then also look at where we want to go. And so for me, it is celebrating how far you've come, celebrating where you are, but then also having something to push towards. Um, one One of the chapters in the book is called The Marathon Continues, and that's an old to Nipsey Hussle who... I, to this day, I'm still grieving his, the loss of him, but um, the marathon continues. That type of concept says that, you know, it's still going, right? We're still always making an impact. It's like Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, right? No matter where we are, there's still more for us to do, more for us to, um, to essentially accomplish and pouring into the lives of other people allows the marathon to continue. Those lessons that we've learned from life and life experiences, it's important to pass those things on and to pass that wisdom on so that people don't have to necessarily fall into some of the, the potholes of life that we have found ourselves tripped up in. And I can talk about potholes because from the south side of Chicago, so those potholes in the city are ridiculous. And like exactly. you lose your entire car driving, I don't even want to say driving over, driving down into one of those potholes. So imagine if someone could give you a roadmap and let you know where all those potholes are in the city, you now know what to avoid and why. 
again, that's an analogy, but imagine if, you know, someone could give you their blueprint as to how they've done what they've done and their pitfalls or their failures and their successes, that gives you a, um, a running start to the marathon. I love that. You know, when you when you were mentioning that, I was visualizing, right, kind of driving down a street where you're trying to dodge these potholes, mm-hmm. but it's so much tougher to do last minute or when you're just coming up on it than if yeah. you have some kind of navigation or some blueprint to tell you, hey, on this street, I'm going to need you to take a little detour. Yes, it sounds like it's going to take you a long way, but it's actually going to be more beneficial for you. And I think what happens is people feel like they have to do things on their own. And we have this, you know, kind of cultural, um, I don't know if it's an expectation or a way of, of seeing things as like, you need to be self-made, right? You mentioned yeah. have people to support you and help you. And so when you have a blueprint, essentially, that means you don't have to do it by yourself. Someone has achieved what you are something adjacent to what you want to do and they can share with you the gems and the ideas and the modalities and the methodology that's going to help you to get to that place faster than you can do by yourself. And so I think people can, can get your book and take the time to go through each question, reflect, read, take notes. Cause I'm a, I, I teach at the university of Nevada, Las Vegas. So I'm like, we need to be good st- students so that we can also be good leaders. And we have to have that duality where we know when to learn and we know when to lead. And so it sounds like the book kind of helps you know yourself better. Absolutely. And the book will allow the reader to get to know themselves better. And I honestly believe that the book has allowed me to get to know myself better by looking over some of my life experiences and looking at how those experiences have helped me find my place of impact. And so in the book, I'm very transparent. I'm very vulnerable. Uh, Very, 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 (laughs) very, very vulnerable. And I talk about my different experiences and the lessons I've learned. And so one of the experiences I talk about is me losing my mom unexpectedly at 13 years old. Mm. Um, Like literally, she went to a wedding on Saturday, had a great time with uh, some of her God family. And then Sunday morning, as we're getting ready for church, she has a heart attack and and dies, right? Mm -hmm. The most unexpected, most tragic, traumatic life experience I have ever had. And I'm there witnessing this, right? And so I talk about what did I learn from, from losing her? Just understanding that life will not go as planned, right? If that was not the biggest lesson to teach me that life will not go as planned, I don't know. I don't know what will, right? It taught me life won't necessarily go as planned and having to just um, continue life with with that loss and that essentially shifting where I would live, moving um, to another part of the city, living with my grandmother, starting at a high school. This was two weeks before I was supposed to, supposed to start high school. And so moving and having to go to a whole nother school um, and leading in a new place, learning to to lead in a new place. And I feel like for me, leading in new places had almost become my motto in life from uh, in high school and journeying through high school and, and making friends to, to that experience and then going away to college, leading in a new place, um, getting my master's degree in a, at another university um, outside of the state of Illinois. Well, actually, it was in the state of Illinois, but outside of Chicago, leading in a new place, deciding that I was going to work corporate leading in a new place, decide I was going to get a PhD, leading in a new place, decide I was going to start speaking, leading in a new place. Um, 
becoming an author, leading in a new place. And so all of these experiences uh, show me my place of impact. And like, even with like losing my mom, I was, have still been able to mentor other people that have lost a parent. Um, and, and, and not just that, that cliche saying like, oh, you'll be okay. Or, you know, I'm praying for you, but really being able to journey with people through the highs and the lows, maybe it's three years after the loss and it's uh, Father's Day or Mother's Day or something of that sort where it kind of pulls, you know, pulls on you a little bit more. Being able to journey with people, um, as T.D. Jakes would say, after the cakes and pies stop coming, um, during that process where it's years later and you're still trying to to heal. So you mentioned leadership and I think what oftentimes I personally see and what comes up is that people are maybe intimidated by leadership mm-hmm. or leadership, maybe because there's this ideology or this idea that, you know, leaders need to be perfect or put together or, you know, like have all the answers. And what it sounds like you're saying is that leaderships oftentimes shows up and kind of becomes an opportunity for someone due to their life circumstances, maybe, right? And so when we were chatting um, before we did the podcast, you said, you know, how can we help people become leaders despite their trauma and new environments? And that's what it sounds like you're speaking to. Can you can you talk a little bit more about like, how can people um, allow themselves to find their area of impact through or despite life's challenges? Absolutely. I think, I think an, an, a good old interview starts, starts the journey of asking yourself, what trauma have I experienced? Because life happens to all of us. And as my dad says, if you haven't had your chance yet with life, just keep on living. You know, life happens to all of us. And so you have to really be honest, right? Have the interview, the I-N-N-E-R, not the interview where you're willing to say whatever, but the interview where you're, you're purely honest with yourself and you have to say, what have I experienced that's been traumatic? or some form of trauma, maybe it's a lighter form of trauma, but trauma nonetheless, what have I experienced? And then also too, what's been the impact of it? Because a lot of times we may have these experiences, but we may not be as aware of what the impact is. And so maybe the impact allows us to shy away from people. Maybe the impact makes us feel like we have to always carry the load of everything. Maybe the impact is that we're always willing to bet on ourselves. Maybe we don't trust people. Maybe we have become introverts. Like all of these different ways that trauma has had an impact on us. I think the true test of leadership is us being willing to be honest with ourselves and being willing to self-assess and looking at the impact and not only looking at the impact, but then also being willing to do the work to rectify and undo as much of the impact as we can. And I think that's really important within leadership. And because um, if you're willing to do that interview, you have no choice but to become a better version of yourself. And when you're growing and when you're learning, you can really pass what you've learned on to other people. Um, And that leadership can be reflected academically, professionally, socially, um, spiritually, financially. Like that growth that you have is going to be so much so of a shining light that it's going to be able to be recognized by other people. And you really know you've learned a lesson when you have been able to teach that same lesson to other people. And I love analogies. And so thinking of uh, of a math example, right? Um, you know you've learned a math lesson when you are able to teach somebody else that exact same lesson and they're able to understand it and apply it. 
That's amazing. You know, you're, you're talking about area of impact and what it sounds like you're saying is that sometimes life will use your own experiences as your qualifier to, to figure out where your area of impact is, right? So you said you lost your mom when you were 13. And in some ways that qualified you, right, to lead people who have maybe been through a similar situation. Maybe it wasn't exactly the same, but if it's about loss, it could be loss of a job. It could be loss of a certain GPA. It could be loss of, you know, parts of yourself, depending on transitions that you and adjustments that you go through. And so what it sounds like is that oftentimes, and you know, the universe and God, I don't know if it's humor or if it's just strategic planning, right? You know, like using the things that we go through to shape us into the person strategically positioned to serve in a specific area. And so um, it's wild. It's wild that you mention all of that because you oftentimes will not recognize unless you do an interview is what it sounds like that this is the place that you're supposed to be serving or leading or that this might be your area of impact until you begin to move, if that makes sense, until you start walking toward whatever that thing is. Because I know personally, when I've shared my story, what I didn't know was going to resonate with people was that I lost my mom when I was five and my dad when I was 24. So when you mention that, it automatically speaks to me in a specific way. And we don't know what's going to speak to a person if we never share. Absolutely. And sometimes the tra- the, the trauma may be so heavy that it's hard for us to share. And so for me, for a long time, it was really hard for me to share mm-hmm. about my mom. Like my friends that I made in high school, they knew that like my mom wasn't there and maybe she had passed away because I had lived, I moved my grandmother. So they didn't really know like what the exact story was, but I couldn't talk about it. Right. I mean, I could, but it was so emotionally heavy for me because I hadn't fully dealt with it that it was hard for me to. Um, but I had to come to my own area of healing to be able to talk about it. And because I've been able to really heal in that area and reach a level of wholeness, I'm able to connect with people on a deeper level because I'm not afraid to talk about that loss. And, um, that even if someone has maybe lost a parent or lost a mom, I'm able to still uh, relate to them on the level of being adaptable, the level on being, um, resilient. I'm able to talk to them about mental health because I'm able to say that there was a lot of situational depression in that, but I definitely to this day have an amazing therapist who's a black woman who gets my life together every time. Um, so I'm able to talk about those things and, and talk about me being able to have a great team around me. So talk about, you know, relationship building. And so for me as a leader, it's really about sharing what I've learned with other people in a way that I'm showing them my humanity. And I think for me as a speaker that like travels the country and, 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 and mentor students and get to know students. And of course, when I'm speaking, I like to be a fashionista and I like to dress up and do my own makeup and slay my brows and have my lashes on point. Right. That can, sometimes people can look at what they see on the outside and not have a full understanding on what's in the inside. So at the surface level, they may think that like, oh, you've never experienced anything like, you know, perfect patty type of thing. But for me as a leader, I'm able to kind of break down that perception and to say, I'm I'm just like you. We may have had different life experiences, but we have probably got some of the similar and same lessons out of them. Hmm. So it sounds like it's important to understand 
your area of impact because not only as a professional or a leader, but in your own life, you'll be able to create more of a sustainable process of moving through life's challenges and the things that come up. And maybe it makes your life a little bit easier because it also helps you cut out the guesswork, right? So then you don't have to even start thinking about, okay, well, how do I answer this question or whatever the case may be? Because if you do the interview and reflect and know what you want and know who you are and know what you're not going to deal with or stand for, then it makes your life easier because it's, it's it's your personal blueprint. Absolutely. And when we say place of impact, I love to use that word instead of purpose because purpose normally is very intimidating to people. And it sounds like really, really big. And one of my mentors always says, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Meaning no matter how big something may seem, you can still attack it. You can still digest it and make your way through it. So for me, your place of impact is an easier way to examine purpose. And so for some of your listeners, maybe your place of impact right now could be at your job. Your place of impact could be within your career. Your place of impact could maybe be at your church group or maybe with your sorority or maybe with um, a mentee that you may have. Your place of impact could maybe be the blog that you're going to start. Maybe it can be X, Y, and Z, right? So your place of impact can be multiple places at the same time. If you are I don't know, maybe you are an under and you're an undergrad and you have a, uh, a campus organization that you're a part of. Then maybe you also have a campus job and then maybe you also mentor uh, first year students. Those are different places of impact. But if you do an interview, you'll start to see a tie that binds. You'll start to see similarities with things that you're doing based off of the skill set that you have. And you'll start to realize certain leadership characteristics that you have within you and you're using those leadership characteristics in those different areas of impact. Hmm. So you mentioned having a therapist, you mentioned um, having a mentor. And so it sounds like you have a whole team. And I know that we talked about, you know, having a team and having support that sounds very intentional. How would you suggest or advise someone begin to build their team? Absolutely. Uh, Self-assess where you want to go. Self-assess what some of your goals are. I'm a very goal-oriented person. Um, And so I would say write down some of the goals and look at what you may not have within yourself to reach those goals. And then start to also uh, assess the team that you have right now. And then also look to see what's a what are you missing within the team? And so again, here's an analogy, right? So maybe you are, um, maybe you're a basketball coach, right? And your 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 dream is to win a championship. If I want to build a championship winning team, I need players that don't all have the same skill set. I need some people that can shoot. I need some people that can play defense. I need some people that can do whatever basketball players do that are really good in the game. Um, you need different people with different skill set. I and mean, you first have to assess what you want. You also have to assess what you currently have. And then you also have to assess what you don't have. And then you want to start to put yourself in different positions to be able to meet people that can 
be added to your to your team. And so being able to put yourself in different social situations where you can meet people, or maybe you can even grow closer to some of the relationships that you may have right now that you probably haven't used the fullness of those relationships to help you get to where you want to go. But I can speak very um, confidently and say that my team of mentors, even my team of mentees, my team of of friends, of family, like my my team has just been legit, and my team has really allowed me to grow as a person. They allow me to be my full flawed self, but they love me enough to to push me to not use my flaws as a crutch. But to be honest about my flaws and to also put a realistic plan in place in order to turn those flaws into the opposite of a flaw, (laughs) to turn that flaw into a positive characteristic. And so uh, good teams are very beneficial. Good teams can always say three things a good team should be able to do for you. They should be able to congratulate you. They should they should be able to console you when life happens. And they also should be able to check you. You know, sometimes we get out of pocket. Sometimes we procrastinate. Sometimes we allow self-doubt to stop us. Sometimes we may not be the nicest in certain situations. They're able to check us because they want us to be better. That's perfect. So they need to check you when need be, console you when life happens, and congratulate you when you succeed. And those are the qualifiers for maybe an efficient or productive or helpful team member. Absolutely. Well, and so I like things to come in three. So yes, those three things to check, to console, and to congratulate. But if, we've, if we're going to go even deeper, I think they should have an additional three things. And I talk about this in a book when I talk about mentorship, but when I also talk about my girl group, my tribe, my golden girls, um, we nickname ourselves the golden girls. There are four of us. But I really <laughs> believe that when people come into our lives to be part of our team, on their resume, their their um, figurative resume, they should have the heart, the experience, and the intention of being a part of our team. Hmm. That I hope everybody that's listening is taking notes, pausing as they as they need to catch up. I know when I'm listening to stuff, I have to pause and then I go back and repeat it and listen because I want to get the exact words down. So everyone listening needs to make sure that they're taking good notes because this is how you level up not only in your professional career, but in your personal relationships and in yourself and your personal growth and in your self-reflection. Like these are some serious gems. So what I love that you mentioned was you said mentors, you said mentees. Now you only have one therapist, but everyone else is coming in more than one. And I think that people will oftentimes not recognize that you may need to have more than one mentor or more than one mentee or more than one coach or more than one, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And because you said that, I think it's so significant to note um, that that I would assume is a part of your ability to sustain, right? Like this high level of performance and writing a book and putting the book out. And you know what I mean? Being a, being a college professor or getting your PhD, like those are hard things to do by yourself. And there's an African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. Mm-hmm. But if you want to go far, 
go together. And so that's what it sounds like you've been able to kind of maximize on up to, up to this point in your life. And I love I love to hear it because I feel like more and more we need to talk about how we can be collective and collaborative with intention. Like you said on the resume, they should have the intention of being on the team. Yes, absolutely. I think that the heart, the experience, and the intention is so important as we're building our teams. And when we talk about mentorship, you never want to put all your eggs in one basket, right? You never you never want to have just one mentor for everything in the entire world because that one person probably can't mentor you in every area of your life. Um, and if they say they can, you may want to be a little bit weary. No one person knows everything. Um, and so you want to make sure they have the heart, the experience, and the intention because mentorship can be spread across spiritual mentorship, financial mentorship, professional mentorship, academic mentorship, maybe even somebody that mentors you from maybe a health standpoint, right? So maybe they help you with your like wellness, physical wellness. And some people may attach that to, to spiritual spirituality as well. Um, so you want to make sure that they have the heart for it. So they're really for you. That they're really for you. You also want to make sure they have the experience. So that they have the experience in the area, whether again, it's spiritual financial, professional, academic, wellness, X, Y, and Z. And they have some experience that they can pass on to you. And then last but not least, you want to make sure that they have the intentions or good intentions as it pertains to you. And so I'll give you an example of what happens if one of those is missing, right? So say, for instance, I um, hire someone to be the uh, finance director of my business, right? And they just have an amazing heart for my business. They Their heart is just as good as gold. It's in the right place. They mean well. They have good intentions. They really do want to do a good job and help build my business in the area of finances. But what happens if they've never balanced a spreadsheet a day in their life? They have no idea about tax code. They have no idea what it means to pay what you owe and not overpay or underpay. Like they have no idea how to do that. As sweet as pie, great intentions, but they don't, they don't know how to handle it. They can then crash and burn a multi-million dollar business. And so that's the example of why it's so important to make sure that we have all three and not just one. Wow. Want to make sure that people have all three, because if not, you can you can start to find yourselves around counterfeits. And counterfeits, of course, on its face can look like the real thing. But when you try and go, you know, use that at the store, they'll be like, wait, this is a fake. This isn't this isn't real. That is significant right there. Wow. Um, I'm taking notes myself because I want to make sure that I get this stuff down, too. Now. You mentioned, right, like someone there could be depending on, you know, the lack of a certain team member or not doing this interview, that there could be serious repercussions to that. And life is always going to throw new things our way. Right. And so there are going to be times where we maybe don't make the best choices, where we practice that self-deception and find ourselves in a compromising situation. And so what I love that I heard you mention, you know, was essentially like the ability to have grace with yourself. Mm-hmm. And Oh, how would you suggest, because I feel like people beat themselves up so heavily, and I was just talking about this recently, how would you suggest, you know, people being able to acknowledge uh, maybe their their ability to make 
higher quality decisions and whatnot, show up as their authentic self more often, but not beat themselves up to the point that they're unable to continue moving forward. Absolutely. I think that um, it's important for you to sit in that uncomfortability, to sit in that disappointment, to feel those feelings and to honor the fact that you feel that way. But the key to it is, is to not build a home there. Think about it. When you build a home, you're like, I'm staying here. Like, this is my place. This is going to be my safe place. This is going to be my place of refuge. Most of the times we build a home, like I plan on being here long term. The idea is to not build a home in those feelings of disappointment or shame or anything like that. You can acknowledge that you feel it. You can sit in it to understand like this is uncomfortable, but the key is to not build a home there. And you want to be able to put together a game plan to say, how can I not repeat the same behavior if I'm not proud of this behavior? How can I not repeat the same behavior if I don't feel good about this behavior? And I think it's really good for us to have mentors to be able to to come to when we have those those moments of uncertainty, we have those moments of, hey, I need help. We have those moments of, hey, I'm struggling. Hey, I didn't make the best decision right here. Hey, I messed up. Having a team, they can check you and say, okay, you did mess up. They can console you and say, hey, I understand you're not um, you're not proud of this, but they can also congratulate you for not building a home there and not just congratulate you, but they can help you start to distance yourself from making repeated bad decisions again. And those bad decisions can be maybe overworking yourself to the point of exhaustion. Maybe it could be, maybe you made a bad decision romantically or financially or or anything of that nature. It's important to have um, to have in your mind that you don't want to just stay and build a home in those feelings of disappointment. And grace allows you to say, hey, I messed up. I didn't do the right thing. Yep, that's me but I'm not going to stay here. I'm going to own up to it, but I'm going to continue my journey of making better decisions. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I I just, you know, I just can't, I'm, I'm speechless. It's amazing. Like everything that you've said is some of the things that I've talked about with clients for years, with students for years, things that I've had to personally go through and deal with myself and just, it's so refreshing and it's so um, exciting to see, you know, you practicing vulnerability in your book to be an example for other people to be able to connect with themselves and learn how to do that at some level in their life, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I appreciate you identifying your area of impact and really building a home in that place. You know, you talked about building a home and, you know, being able to walk in that area so that other people can do the same. And so where can everyone find the book? Where are you most active on social? So everyone can DM you and let you know that they love these gems. <laughs> Absolutely. Please, please, please connect with me. I love connecting with people. So please connect with me and let me know that you are connecting with me from this amazing podcast. Um, so you can find me on um, Instagram. It's at Nat Will Speak. So N-A-T-W-I-L-L-S-P-E-A-K. Again, it's at Nat Will Speak. A, oh, excuse me, not A. At Nat Will Speak. So it's N-A-T-W-I-L-L-S-P-E-A-K. So I use Instagram all the time, like most people. I also have a Twitter, which is the exact same thing. And I'm on Twitter. Um, and then also uh, Facebook is at Nat Will Speak as well. And then the book is available to purchase on my website, 
www.netwillspeak.com and you click on the word book and the book is available there, paperback copy. And if you are super high tech and you want the ebook copy, you can go over to Amazon and grab the ebook or the Kindle version of the book. Um, I'm very proud of this book, y'all. I'm I when I tell you I'm proud of this book, like I took my time writing this book and we got it edited down to I don't want to say perfection, nothing's perfect, but we got it edited down where I am just like beaming with joy about the book. If you decide that you are maybe teetering the decision of making a leap into entrepreneurship, I talk about that in the book. If you think that you ever want to go to graduate school, I talk about that in the book. If you ever feel like you need to forgive someone, I talk about that in the book. If you ever feel like you've lost something or someone in life and you need to be um, adaptable, I talk about that in the book. If you're like, hmm, I don't know what my area of impact is, I provide steps on how you can actually find it. Um, And a really cool thing in the book that I also talk about that helped me see my area of impact is um, I did my master's thesis on the show, A Different World, which looked at Black students at HBCU and their college experience holistically. Um, I did my master's thesis on that and I ended up getting surprised by the Steve Harvey show with meeting the cast of A Different World on the Steve Harvey show. And that experience honestly blew the lid off of what my area of impact was. And it taught me, you never know who's watching. It also taught me uh, that people connect with authenticity. And then that experience helped open the door to me to serve as a speaker, as a keynote speaker as well. So I talk about all those things in the book and um, I would love for you to grab a copy. I would love for you to, you know, leave an Amazon review. I would also love for you to DM me on Instagram and let me know what you think about the book. Or if there's anything that I've talked about in this podcast interview and you really want to connect with me more about it, even if it's from an advice advice standpoint, feel free to DM me on Instagram at NatWillSpeak. And um, yeah, I would love, love, love um, to be able to connect with your audience. Because we're in this together. We're relational. Life is not meant to be lived alone. And we are meant to share our experiences with the world. Thank you again. And y'all, she just literally gave you an invitation. So I hope you felt that anything in this conversation resonated with you, that you would take up the invitation and move in your spirit when you feel called, because you just never know how it's going to help you understand yourself better and lead to you being able to make progress in areas that you'll even be surprised. So I'm all about opportunities, okay? No opportunity (laughs) wasted. That's what uh, Dr. Eric Thomas said. So um, I appreciate you again. I need to go ahead and hop off of here and get your book myself. And I will make sure to, you know, continue to sing your praises and share your message. And I know the the tribe will do the same because we are that type. We are the type that once we once we get behind something, we are all about supporting it. So I appreciate you again for coming on the show and sharing. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, you have a few options. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it, and you'll be notified as new episodes are uploaded. You can also leave a review or send me your feedback. Doing so helps me to create content that's relevant to what you want to hear about. And last, you can share the podcast with a friend. 
whether it's directly or sharing it on your social media, it helps them to know that you think that this is information that they need to hear about. Thank you.